Hi, this is Brian. And this is Austin. With the 4T Podcast, and today we're talking about games. And different types of games that are played in Japan. And some of the games that may be different and similar to those in the United States. So, I decided to wear appropriate attire for this one. But, uh, anyway, uh, so uh, let's get right into this here. Let's do it. So, one of the first things we should talk about is uh, arcades in Japan. Yes, arcades. Wonderful wonderlands of noise and fun well they're not as noisy as the pachinko parlor no but <laughs> by no means by no means but they, they are still pretty noisy yes so usually when you go to an arcade usually the first floor is like nothing but crane machines yep yeah all the little things you go through and you get the the crane machines the ufo catchers as they're as they're called here Yep. That's for the that's for the little kids and the people who just don't want to spend go in the higher uh, floors, the, the higher levels of nerdiness yeah. or geekiness. Um, one thing to keep in mind is that these crane machines they usually don't have crap in them. No, it's it's really good stuff actually. Yeah, I mean I have um, I have uh, stuff here. I mean I could pull it out, but I, I I have I have statues and different like figurines and stuff that I got from inside a crane machine and they even have food as well um you'll you'll go through and some of them have big bags of potato chips and some of them have uh candy but there's also ones that are refrigerated so you can get you can get cake out ice of cream and ice cream and it's there's a lot of good stuff and some of them even have live animals in them so you can uh you can get goldfish with a special one that goes by and has a hook if you can hook it you can keep it or some other small things like that I've seen before as well. Yep. Another thing is is that like um, sometimes uh, like for those of you that are really up on like the One Piece series, uh, there are some figurines that you can only get in crane games. So that's one of the things how they how they pull people in is that in order to get this specific like figurine of this specific character that you really like, you actually have to play the crane game to get it. Yep, there's a they do that specifically with some of the more popular anime. So I know Naruto, Dragon Ball uh, series, and uh, One Piece they've done that with. But there's also like um, Hatsune Miku from the Vocaloid series that's also there as well. There's uh, Super Sonico. Super Sonico. Yep. yep, and then uh, Classicaloid is a new one that's out that they have characters mm. for that for. And Gloomy Bear. Gloomy Bear, lovely Gloomy Bear. But you will also see like the new Sumiko Gurashi and Rilakkuma there as well. Yep, yeah, that's... there's a lot of different things that you can find in those in those uh, crane games. It's not cheap stuff. Right, but it's, and like Guretama. Ah, Guretama. Now, there one thing go. to remember with the crane games is that like, there are some places that I went into the in the United States to play crane games, and it was obvious that that crane game was just meant to screw you over, <laughs> like just horribly. Yeah. Um, usually, with Japanese crane games, there is either like one specific point that you have to hit to get the item, or after you've spent a certain amount of money, the machine will actually like kind of push it or grab it for you. Yeah, a lot of it is. Uh, I think. And there was an algorithm that they had um, that you could you could figure it out if you looked at um, the certain counter on it. But yeah. I don't. I'm not sure about that. I don't really do that much except for with my daughter to go get little candies. So 
I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, when I first came to Japan for the first two or three years, um, I was able to fully supply all my nieces and nephews, and there's a lot, uh, with uh, stuffed animals for Christmas based on uh, stuff that I got from the, um, the crane, crane machines. Yeah, there you go. It's cheap, effective way for Christmas presents. So usually after you get the crane machines, you'll go up to like, there might, there might be a multi-level arcade or there might be all on one level, but usually there's another section where you have like your tactile and rhythm-based games as well. Yes, and these are all things like Dance Dance Revolution or the, uh, the new kind of Simon Says one where it's where you've got to touch all the different things at the same time. Right. Some of them are like also musically based, so there's like a, a buttons that you press on on here, and as a as a as a light drops, you got to hit the button at the at the exact time. There's also like a cube as well. Yeah. That they have to use to press. Yeah, the cube ones I've seen before. There's a lot of different ones, and they're all very, um, they're all actually fairly involved. Um, you have to press multiple buttons at the same time and look at multiple different. Uh, screens at the same time as well yep so those games i in all honesty i have seen a large community of people that just gather around those games in general there seems to be yeah um especially with dance Dance revolution or the uh the more tactile uh things like um the cube game there seems to be uh it's a bonding experience to see who can do better and it builds community yep a community within within that arcade that can translate outside of that arcade as well. Now, usually another thing with one of those sections is is they usually have like um, uh, everyone friendly games, yes, sort of thing. Like you, they normally have a, a variation of Mario Kart. Um, there is usually the the Taiko Drum game, yes, that's there. And then there's usually a few other games that are are, are designed for people that might not be like hardcore gamers. So that everybody can get involved and play at the same time. Yep, always uh, things like Taiko no Tetsujin, uh, which is Taiko strong people. Tetsujin. Oh, the, the um, Iron Man. Taiko ah, Iron go. Man. Taiko, Taiko Iron Man. Yeah, that's a that's a really good one for. It goes from entry level all the way to demon level, and it's something everyone can do, from little five year old kids to, well, people in their thirties or forties that are demons at the game. There you go. Wow. Yeah, I'm a beginner. Maybe. Uh, no, 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 no. No, no. I'm not, no, that. No, I'm no. not that rhythm. Rith, rith, rith. Yeah, but one thing that's really interesting rith. about that, just going on a little side note, is you'll notice the beginners where use the uh, taiko drum sticks that come with the game. But then you'll see the high school kids or some of the uh, more advanced people, and they'll have their own homemade drum sticks that they use to play the game. Yep. It's an interesting, interesting thing to watch. Yep. So usually, also the arcades will have like a retro game section Ooh, as yes, well. Yes. So you can play like uh, Street Fighter Two Turbo or Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. Yes. And they have it set up in there so that you can either play with people that are also like there's like eight consoles all together, where you can play with other people that are playing the same game, or you can play with other people online from different um, from different arcades. Yeah, and one thing that I've seen. Only a couple times um, is where they actually have just the console set up. So they have the SNES, they have the Nintendo 64, they have the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, all set up in a row with all the with everything set up. So mm -hmm. you can play the actual ones, or you can play the arcade versions as well, yep. which is kind of cool. Yep. 
So, I mean, there there's also, like, many other different games that they had there. Like, I saw one they had called, like, Poyo Poyo. Poyo Poyo is kind of like a Tetris and Dr. Mario. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, they've got a lot of different, a lot of different games and a lot of different versions of the same game mm-hmm. that can make it easier, more difficult, depending on what you want to play. So, depending on your preferences, I mean, if you want to play retro games, usually they're retro games there that they they have a section for retro games at the same time um moving on to a different section uh they usually have a a section dedicated to like pachinko (laughs) yes or dedicated to like the metal games yeah so metal games uh by what we mean what what me what we mean by metal games are games where you play for the specific metals that that will come out and you can play and uh, get and gain more. And Pachinko is the same thing where you put in money to gain the little round ball bearings. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you told me one interesting fact about Pachinko. Yeah, the name Pachinko, like a lot of people think oh, Pachinko is the is the onomatopoeia for the sound that it makes. Yeah. And, yeah, but that's actually not true. There's actually, when you pr- turn a little dial on it, it slingshots a ball. Are on a track now. Slingshot in Japanese, like the U-shaped stick with the uh, rubber band, is called pachinko. It's called a pachinko in Japanese. So in this in this case here, you're slingshotting a ball to try and hit a target. So that's why the pachinko machines are called pachinko. Yep. And for the pachinko and metal ga- games, it's what you'll see sometimes is, of course, you'll see the old man sitting there smoking a cigarette, playing the pachinko. But right next to them, on the metal machines, there's families that will play together to yep. win coins from a dinosaur that spits them out. Or yep. it's, it's a little bit of a bonding experience for uh, parents and kids who don't always see eye to eye with the Nintendo Switches or something like that. Yep. Yep. So, but uh, like the metal games, you cannot cash out any of the coins for more coins. Yes. Or, or you can't you can't cash the coins out for prizes or anything like that. Yes. Correct. And with pachinko, if you're in an arcade, you can't cash the pachinko balls out for prizes. If you're at a pachinko parlor, you can cash the balls out for a prize in which you go to a different window. You hand them the prize, they hand you the money. <clears throat> gambling <clears throat> but it's two separate companies so therefore one <coughs> yes. company is buying from another company buying from you which is buy which is bought from another company there we go so you're just a middleman <laughs> <laughs> anyway so the next section and this is usually in the back corner with uh with uh, a lot of like i've seen like really hardcore gamers is your what I call the MMORTS. Ah, okay. I thought you were going with the uh, the pink corner there. Sorry. No, not the pink corner. No, no, no. <coughs> Those do exist, though. <coughs> um, anyway, so the uh, the corner I'm talking about is uh, the card games, the card-based games that they use to, for online strategy. Now, the card allows you to lay out a character, and the character shows up on the screen, and then you can move the character where you want it to go. But... Usually you're playing in tandem with like three or four other people against another team of like four people. So these kind of RTS games, uh, one of them that I play is called uh, Lord of Vermilion, and it's already on its uh, third rendition. And there are cards in this here 
I would hope you can see these well. And it's made by Square Enix, so sometimes Final Fantasy characters will show up too. So here's like Tomberry. And here's the Omega Weapon. And Bomb. So there's a bunch of different uh, characters from different game series. There's also like um, different uh, gods from mythology and whatnot. So here's like Odin from uh, Norse mythology. Yes. Is in here as well. So these are the different kind of card games that you can play. Like a, you're playing with a whole bunch of people online, but it's also real-time real strategy at the same time. Yeah. And this isn't the only one out there. There's uh, one called Code of Joker, which is similar to this one here. Except for this one here, the theme is basically you um, are in hell and you're using these monsters and characters to help you become the Lord of Hell. There you go. So uh, there's other ones based on the, the what is it, Sankokushi, the three Chinese warring nations. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the Dynasty Warriors theme, basically. There you go. Then there's the Sengoku Jidai one, which is based on the um, the warring clans period or the warring nations period inside Japanese history. There's another one based on that as well. And there's many of these games out there. And usually you'll see people playing this for hours. Yeah. And if you're like having you a... look at them and go, when do you pee? Lifts up his, he, he unzips his pants and shows the catheter right there. there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how long people can play these. And if you're having trouble kind of wrapping your mind around how to play something with cards, think of it like the anime Yu-Gi-Oh! Kind of where they had the battle the battle uh, mat or the battle where they sat on opposite sides and they put down cards and those cards would appear in real life. Yep. It's essentially the same thing. Uh, all the cards have sensors on them or barcodes. And these these can go from anywhere from... Uh, these kind of card games do. Uh, there's there's a Pokemon version of one. There's, yeah, there's Gundam. There's yep. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. There's there's a whole bunch of different types. Yeah, there's a lot of different types, and it's it's something that um, I've seen a lot of parents get involved with their kids with because they have something to talk with um, and they have something to do together that they don't necessarily always have time or interest to do. I will say one of the strangest ones I did see was one where. They had cards, but they were bugs. So they do Ooh. bug battles. So you'd have like a Hercules okay. bug and a, what is it, the, the, was it Kabuto? Right. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. and, they, and they would fight each other. So you had, you'd have these like little bugs and these buttons you'd have to press. And these aren't just battle, they aren't just battle uh, games either. There are, uh, how, how would I say it, kind of cute games as well. Uh, my daughter, my daughter really likes these games. There's, a princess dress-up game where you use your cards to dress up princesses or to go on adventures as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a wide, wide range, wide array of cards. There's another one, um, another style of game that's out there. It's not card-based or whatnot, but it's touchscreen-based, mm -hmm. and it's basically trivia games. So it's like trivia for a certain theme of some kind, or like a general, like general knowledge, and. Like people will basically play this game to fight to be the like the number one like number one rank, to uh, in all of Japan to who knows the most trivia who's got the most trivia right. Mm. Yeah, so interesting culture that builds builds out of that. Even though you don't know each other, you can kind of talk to each other or see how you rank against each other. Right. So there's also like a shooting games. Uh -huh. Like shooting games. Yes. Uh, shooting games have. 
have gotten way better, especially with the new um, Time Crisis that came out. Time Crisis mm. 5 is out now. So I saw that one not too long ago in, in the arcade. I was like, ooh, <laughs> looks good. Hopefully I can get to it before someone breaks the gun. There you go. Yeah, everything's, everything's leveled up since we were kids. There's, there's all the shooting games that are really immersive now. You have some of them that are... I, I haven't played them, but I've seen that are 3D, so you put on the glasses and you can play with those, yep. the guns. There's also Gunstringer, Gunslinger Stratus that came out. That came out about three years ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Gunslinger Stratus is basically, you have two guns that are connected to the, um, to the, the council with three screens. And it is an RPG that you play with like a bunch of other people online. It's, it's a giant battle. But... With the, your characters, you're in like a city and you can like jump over like buildings and whatnot and you're trying to shoot at other characters with these two guns. Now, it's regular if you're shooting the two guns, but if you put the guns side by side, mm -hmm. it becomes like a, a, like a shotgun. Ooh. Or if you put one gun on top of the other one, it becomes like a sniper rifle oh, sort of wow. thing. It does, like, it does like rifle damage and if you put them together, it does shotgun damage. And if you put them like this, then it does regular damage. Hmm. So you see all these people with these with the dual like dual guns playing this game called Gunslinger Stratus, and it's all like in real time with hmm. like a real time MMO that they're uh, playing with a bunch of other people online. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and it's it's good to see that things have gone from just the arcades to more physical activities, and now and using things to get you moving as well so that might go into one of the one of the uh stereotypes of japan why everyone's so skinny because they use all their muscles <laughs> while playing arcades <laughs> well one thing to also keep in mind is like some of these games that they have that they have like that lord of Vermilion with the cards that we showed you and whatnot you have to go to the arcade to play those games now it is made by like square enix which square enix usually works through playstation and whatnot right. so like with all your final fantasy games and um, Square Enix, I think also the like Kingdom Hearts series also working with Disney so. on the Kingdom Hearts series. So, um, if you want to play this game, you actually have to go to the arcade. You can't play it via your computer. You can't play it via console. You have to go to the arcade. It's the same with the Gunslinger Stratus. It's the same with a whole bunch of other different games. So that's a good way to get the get people out of the house and socializing. Yep. So. Those are Japanese arcades, which I would highly recommend going to. I've spent absorbent amount of money, dropped large amounts of money into the arcade. If you have the time and the money and the interest, they're a really fun place to go. Yep. So let's talk about console gaming next. All right. Switch dropped. Woo. Switch. Yeah. I haven't picked one up yet, but I want one so badly. I haven't gotten one either. Yeah. So, but... It, but um, this is something that is very popular nowadays, um, and it's something that a lot of people enjoy, especially here in Japan. Almost every person you talk to has a Nintendo DS or a PSP or a Wii U or now a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, or the 3DS or the Vita. There you go. As yep. well, there's out there too. So um, usually with uh, the um, console gaming in Japan. A lot of times for younger kids, like parents don't want their kids online, so basically the kids won't be able to connect to the internet to play. And that's usually for kids like elementary and younger. Yep. Yeah. But as kids get 
little older and whatnot, their parents let them go online and play games online. I, I know my, I talk to my kids at school. They, they, they play online. Yeah, it seems to be something that everyone does. A little bit older, they, that's how they bond. Yep. When they when they can't get out, they bond through the net. Yep. So, console gaming has been around in Japan for, well, since the advent of the Famicom. Yep. So, for those of you who don't know what the Famicom is, which is family computer, uh, this is the predecessor to the Nintendo, the SNES. Um, this was out in Japan, I think, it was five or six years, maybe, before the SNES, was it? Well, no, the the Famicom is basically the Super Nintendo, with, right. or not the Super the Famicom is the Nintendo, the 8-bit Nintendo, with a different covering basically right. a basic different style covering and uh, the the cre the game creation process is a little different yeah if you look at them side by side they're they're pretty much the same yeah, yeah. so um so then when the family clone the the super nintendo then and the super family clone uh, super family clone super, uh, nintendo super nintendo all the way up to what we have today yep so, as a matter of fact, what's really interesting is that if you want to play the old, like, Famicom or Super Famicom games, or like the old 8-bit Nintendo or the 16-bit Super Nintendo games, you can go to specific shops. One of them that I frequent a lot is called Seagull. And one of my favorite things that happened here is I, I got kind of bored about two or three years ago. And they have junk parts, like junk mm -hmm. systems there that... The systems, like, they don't power on, doesn't matter what you do to plug them in. Well, I was able to take three of them, and with the pieces and parts, I made a Frankenstein Super Nintendo. There you go. For 600 yen, which is six bucks. Very nice. So, I mean, if you want to get old games, or you want to get retro games, or if you want to play on a retro system and, and stuff, you can go to these different shops and pick them up. I think Gale also has some retro stuff. I believe they do, yeah. And then, but Seagull is the one that I go to because Seagull not only has the card games, it also has all the retro games, all the PC games, and they pretty much have anything you could want. And they also have new and used. Hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of different options that you can go uh, go through for console gaming. Of course, the uh, the more recent one, the Nintendo Switch, has taken all of the all of the news by storm, um, and it's. It's received uh, good reviews here as well as mm -hmm. in the United States as well. Right. I mean, leave, leave it to Nintendo. Nintendo is the pioneer for not only making great story-based games, but also making family-friendly games at the same time. Yeah. I mean, like Sony, like with PlayStation and Xbox with Microsoft, they make great games. They have fantastic games, but their family-oriented selection is very, very low. Whereas, usually with Nintendo, they have a, um, a good selection that is not family-oriented, but they also have a large selection that is family-oriented at the same time. And I think that's what has probably set Nintendo apart and let them have the success they, they have enjoyed. Well, that and the, the fact that when the Famicom first came out, and took the gaming world by storm. They basically had a monopoly on the market. Yeah. And basically, they had a monopoly on the market for almost fifteen years. It had to be something like something that. Something yeah. like fifteen years. And 
according to um, what is it uh, sources that uh, that I've seen online, uh, Nintendo has enough money and assets and capital that if it were to flop consistently new systems and new games and everything were to flop it would be able to sustain itself for 50 years wow that's how much capital nintendo has currently so that's why you know when the wii kind of wii u kind of flopped because you know with no uh what is it commercials or anything like that nintendo was just like meh we'll make something better there you go (laughs) and then the switch came (laughs) Ah, so next thing. This is more specifically towards uh, teachers and kids. Okay. Portable gaming. Woo! All over the place. Man, you cannot go anywhere in Japan without seeing some kid with some portable device playing a game. Yes. Such as what kind of devices? Gong. 3DS. (laughs) I love my 3DS. I've had this one for... How many years now? This one's four years old? Wow, really? Oh no! I, I I had to replace I had to replace this button uh, twice, no three times, and I've had to place replace the R and L buttons on here like three times as well. Wow! There you go. So this is the 3DS, and there's also things like the PS Vita. There's the PS Vita. There's is PSP even around anymore? Uh, no, PS Vita is the new one. The the, 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 new, the newest generation. All right. Um, and if you're old school, you know there's still the. Uh, the retro gamers who have the original Game Boys, too. I've got a pocket in, in the there closet. You know, see? See? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's these portable games are everywhere. Yeah. One thing that I love about the, what is it, the 3DS is the fact that it has the Monster Hunter series. And if you saw our introduction video, I said one of my favorite things about Japan is Monster Hunter. With that said, Monster Hunter Double Cross, or for those in the U.S. who know Monster Hunter Generations, this is the uh, G rank or the high, the the ultimate level uh, game that just dropped in Japan. Hmm. Probably won't be in the U.S. for another six months. I picked up my copy yesterday at 9:30 in the morning. Woo! I was first in line. <laughs> so yeah, Monster Hunter Double Cross. And this is also something that a lot of a lot of students uh, can come together on as well, because they they share their cartridges and they can talk about different levels and come together as a community, as well as video games. They can talk with their teacher about it as well. Yes, if the teacher is into video gaming, or if their can... teacher outranks them in the game. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who that could be. <laughs> so now I I I I don't I, I don't play Monster Hunter with my with the students at all. I I, I it's against policy. It's against against rules. What I tell the kids is they're like are they they're like are you going to play Monster Hunter like tonight? Are you going to be playing tonight? And I'm like I might play tonight, but I they said well give me your code so we can you know share information. Well. Technically, I can't do that. Yeah, um, there, that goes against. Um, we talked a little while while back about uh, privacy in schools and working for dispatch companies, and we talked about taking photos in the in the schools and how much of a pain in the butt that is to get the information for everyone and the okay from everyone. Yep. 
Playing video games is the same thing, especially if you're going to play online with your students um, because students can engage in internet bullying and that's something that is very a very hot topic here in Japan because many students have, well, unfortunately uh, committed suicide because of online bullying or there's been a lot of trouble. Or they, were, or they have what's called futoko, where kids just refuse to come to school because of the bullying. Yeah, um, and... Of course, there's always the, the kids who start engaging with people online and then they say, oh, let's meet, and it ends up being a 22-year-old man from Hokkaido trying to kidnap your student. Yeah. That's why, that's why if you are a teacher and you play with your students, I would actually recommend not doing that. One thing that I always tell my kids is that, yes, I'm going to play Monster Hunter tonight, but I am not going to give you my information. Now, according to the rules about you know, playing online, if it is coincidence that we end up being in the same room together playing the game, it's just that's a coincidence. That's okay. But I cannot make a, uh, a plan to meet you in a specific room. Yeah, that, um, there's been a few ALTs in the past couple of years, a few... Not just ALTs, but foreigners um, working in government government positions or higher up positions that have gotten in trouble with this, um, either meeting their students or their peers online, or actually commiserating to meet online in different places and being found out by their their government entity or wherever they work for, and it they were promptly promptly fired or deported. Right. So, I mean, this also goes for social media at the same time, not yeah. just games. So, I mean, if it's like Facebook, Twitter, um, what Line. is it? Line, Mixie. Yeah. yeah. Any, Mi Mixie anything. is Japanese Facebook. Pretty much, yeah. Anything like that, it's best not to mix personal and business, especially if there's students involved. Right. Now, if they're college students, high school or college, that's a little bit different because they're considered adults in Japan. But anything under high school, yeah, don't. Don't mix it. Don't right. mix your life in them. All right, so let's move on to um, net cafes. All right, net cafes. I think this may be only a Japanese phenomenon. What do you think? I know that there are some in China, and I know there are some in Korea, but I know that there, there's like a there, so there was a there was a a guy in China where his son basically became like a, a neat, which is a, neat is uh, what it means is like. Somebody who maybe has become so enthralled with a game or so enthralled with uh, something like that that they just refuse to go out and get a job and they just live at home with their parents, which does happen in Japan. But in China, there was this kid that was constantly playing this online game over and over and over again. And the dad went out and hired like a group of like five or six people of high-level people in the game, hired them to kill that guy's character whenever they saw it, to basically hunt that character down so that, they, that the person playing wouldn't be able to play the game. So you mentioned NEAT, which is different from N-E-A-T. It's N-E-E-T. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that they stay at home all day. We should probably go over the phenomena in Japan called hikikomori, NEAT, and furita, or so we we'll go over that in a different podcast. Okay. But neat neat is the one that's normally specific for gaming. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the neat the the students who the the kids who are into 
who do this, um, they also, it has a big impact on their social life as well as on their school life. Right. Um, so, well, so, so basically know. like the, the, normally with the, with people with the, with that are neat, the alternate reality in which they exist with their characters and whatnot to them is more meaningful than the, than the relationships that they have in the real world with real people. Very well put. Thank you. So net cafes. Now what's really awesome about net cafes? Well, let's see the few net cafes I've been into before. Um, one, you can rent your own little, your own little cubicle and watch anime that they have there. You can, you can read comic books that they have there. There are facilities. Um, some even have showers, and you can get food as well. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that usually they have um, different platforms for online gaming. Ah, there you go. So at the net cafes, if you wanted to play like uh, World of Warcraft or something like that, you'd be able to log into your account and play it from that location. And it's safe because those computers there, once you log off or once you've uh, been inactive for a certain amount of time, it automatically logs out and deletes all data, all, all, everything is all temporary on the computer. So it does like an automatic reset on it. So sometimes people who are, want to do gaming, uh, but just want to do it outside, like outside the home or whatnot, or maybe if they uh, wanted to use like a better PC for uh, gaming like that specifically, they would go to like a net cafe. Right, and net cafes are also the uh, setting for uh, friend meetups as well. Um, and there's also uh, the settings for romances as well. There's been multiple dramas on TV in Japan about people meeting in cafes and becoming romantically involved and going on through their life. Right. One other thing about a net cafe is that you pay for the, uh, when you go to the net cafe, from the moment you uh, basically meet the attendant at the front desk, you're basically paying by hour for however long you're staying there. Now, one thing is, is that if you are traveling in Japan and you want the absolute cheapest amount of housing you can get, the cheapest lodging you can get, Net Cafe is the way to go. I've taken advantage of this a couple times when I was traveling throughout Japan um, on business. I I couldn't afford a hotel and I found a Net Cafe and took a couple hours and took a nap and shaved and showered and it worked out. Just fine. One thing I will give you as a piece of advice is that if you do go to a net cafe to uh, to stay for lodging, one thing to keep in mind is that usually after 11 o'clock at night, a lot of people are going to be trying to do the same thing you are. So you need to get there a little early, So which, which means that you can either enjoy the nightlife and sleep in a chair, or you can get there early and actually get like a mat or something to sleep on at the net cafe itself. Yeah. And this actually leads into a phenomenon that I've heard of um, where people are essentially homeless and they just live in the net cafes yep. here in Japan and around Asia as well. Uh, do you know what that's called? I forget the name offhand. But there's a name for the people who, who decide to live mostly in net cafes instead of having apartments because it's actually cheaper. Yeah, to live there instead of getting an apartment in Tokyo or some of the higher priced right. areas. Right, but I mean, like, if you're doing that, you have all your belongings on your back. So yeah, yeah, homeless it's net cafe. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So let's talk about uh, parents, and schools, oh. and games. Yes. 
So the overall, uh, what parents think of games in general is pretty much the same in Japan as in America or most other places in the world. It's, the stuff rots your brain. Yeah, pretty negative. Yeah. So like we went over before, the, uh, the main thing that parents seem to be um, be focused on is the online gaming and yeah. being able to meet people and then things advancing from there. Right. Um, other things that parents and schools uh, are concerned about are, as we mentioned before, neat, the neat uh, mentality that comes along with some people who get obsessed with games mm-hmm. and can't separate the the reality from the game well i would say that their their obsession has gotten so strong that they can't pull themselves away from playing the game yeah kind of kind of like well i mean playing a game and getting that next level basically releases dopamine into your brain so i mean it'd be the same as like somebody who has to eat sweets all the time like they can't stop eating sugary items or whatnot i mean they get that and I don't want to say they get a fix, but they basically get a dopamine fix from it. It's kind of like quitting smoking or quitting drinking. Right. Yeah, so that's... So, generally speaking, games have a negative uh, image here in Japan. But one thing that's very interesting for me is I come from Colorado, and all arcades have been banned in Colorado. Public arcades have been banned since the early, early 90s. And games have such a negative image here yet there's arcades everywhere yeah no i mean this kind of goes into like uh the i don't want to call it the otaku culture um so in japan if you are an avid reader of comics or an avid gamer or avid like thing if you're doing something that they don't like the society doesn't view as productive then you are like considered a drain on society. But if you are the creator of these items, you are viewed as being like as doing like very well, doing good. Like a game creator is not uh, received with the same hostility as somebody who plays games avidly. Hmm. Uh, manga creator is actually like someone who creates manga is actually viewed as being a very high status in Japan. Like someone like Oda, the guy who created One Piece, he's revered as being like one of the greatest manga artists, like in Japan uh, currently. So, um, people don't meet him with the same avarice as that they would meet people that constantly are buying his books and buying his materials. Right, and I can see. Um, I've seen that some people have that that mentality where they. Uh, look at the otaku, the people who are a drain on society, as they're looking down on them. But at the same time, some people don't realize that they're they're doing their research to become those next great manga artists and those next great game creators. So I think well, there should be a change right. in the in the mindset of the of the parents in Japan. And it's slowly coming around well, as time's going on. As you have to, you know, if you think about it, like the nineteen, the beginning of the nineteen eighties was the major video game revolution. Yes. So you have like the the eight bit Nintendo came out. I mean, you had a whole bunch of stuff before, like the Commodore sixty four. You had like a whole bunch of other different systems that worked on like uh, the Atari 
and um, a bunch of other like Panasonic had a system and whatnot, and a bunch of other people had systems going going out. But the major revolution happened in the 1980s when basically the game market crashed and Nintendo took over. Right. And since that time period, there before that time period really wasn't that many games. So people that made it to their late teens, twenties, by the time the Nintendo came out, like the original Nintendo came out, they were like, well. This isn't something for us. Sort yeah, of thing. It's, it's something for children, sort of thing. So they never really grew up with it. But for people like our age and some people even older than us, I mean, they grew up with the uh, Famicom or the the regular Nintendo. So that gaming culture is is slowly shifting as the older generation moves on. Yeah, it's slowly slowly changing. Yeah. Right. Anyway. I think that's all about all the time we got for games for. Everybody. I think that I think that is about all we have. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I'm Brian. I'm Austin. And you can uh, check me out at uh, Guido TTJ. And you can check me out ALTX. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or anything you'd like to add to uh, what we discussed here, leave it in the comments below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.